This is Fresh Ed, a weekly podcast that makes complex ideas in educational research easily understood. I'm your host, Will Brem. Today, I talk to Kang Zhao about how Chinese policy has interpreted and implemented notions of competency-based education, which has typically been advanced in global organizations such as the OECD. China's Ministry of Education embarked on a new round of uh, curricular reform based on the government document just published uh, in 2014. In that uh, document, the concept of key competence was officially mentioned. And exactly in this document, they say that uh, the starting point of uh, current curricular reform is mainly to realize the educational task of uh, building moral character and cultivating humanity. This is the guiding principle of central government educational policy. Kang sees core competencies as limiting and calls for an education beyond competencies. And also for the students, there is also a problem there because the core competencies are also defined in terms of the predefined learning outcomes for tests based on each subject. This means for students, they will have to pay their attention to particular kind of subject competencies. Kang Zhao is an associate professor in the College of Education at Zhejiang University. His latest article was published in the East China Normal University Review of Education and is entitled Education for Wholeness but Beyond Competencies, Challenges to Key Competencies-Based Education in China. Kang Zhao, welcome to Fresh Ed. Uh, thanks, Will. Uh, thanks for your invitation for this uh, special interview. It's really wonderful to have you. And so I want to talk today about this idea of competency-based education. How is this notion of competency-based education a global circulating policy? Well, the idea of uh, key competence was actually mainly developed and uh, elaborated by the OECD, you know, the Organization of Economic and Cooperation Development, and also other international organizations like the European Union, the UNESCO, and actually not simply these international organizations, but also many countries around the world in the past 20 years. And surely in recent years in China, we also began to, there is such kind of a strong tendency happened here in China. So it seems like many different organizations and many different countries are advancing this notion of key competencies or competence-based education. And another idea that comes up is that's sort of connected to key competencies are 21st century skills. So what are so-called 21st century skills and how do they connect to key competencies? Well, it's a good question. Um, uh, the reason why the advance this big idea is that uh, this organization uh, trying to make sure that uh, such kind of idea will secure a kind of uh, a successful life of uh, children and young people and also secure a kind of so-called uh, uh, well-functioning society. So the OECD assumes that the young person should develop uh, uh, some kind of competencies which are necessary in the 21st centuries. So the background is that uh, there are quite a lot of uh, great changes occur in the last few decades. For example, what we call a knowledge economy, digital technology, 
international corporations. These things happened just in the last few decades. So, what、um, the consequence is that、uh, they think to educate the young generation to adjust to these global changes is important. So, competency becomes a new new slogan, or we can say, a new mantra of education in our age. So, these ideas is actually advocated at the very beginning for economic agenda. Because it is related to human capital and the job market of some areas and also some countries in economic for economic competition and、uh, at a global level. It makes sense with the OECD being the organization advancing the idea that it would be about economic growth and human capital development. That seems to be the way in which they view the purpose of education, after all. Yeah, you know, as the, the, the ups and downs of e- economic growth in one area directly、uh, influence its political agenda also. And、uh, competence-based education, in this sense, is kind of kind of instrumental view of education. As you mentioned just now, what is actually about the what is specifically about the twenty-first century skills? Actually, there are quite a lot of different versions about the answers. If I I try to speak about that. Um. Yeah. Originally, they are key skills for today's students. I mean, suggested by those organizations. For example, in the UNESCO, there is an organization called the、uh, uh, Center for Universal Learning. They actually put forward a kind of twenty-first century skill that、uh, international students、uh, should have, and they developed、uh, in the last few years in twenty thirteen. And then the ideas began to develop. So basically, now twenty-first century skills are key abilities for students to be successful in their careers during the information age, or which we can also call the internet age. So it's basically due to rapid change and in our society and technology. Specifically, these ideas or the definition or the the concepts of the skills include three areas. The first is about the learning skills,、uh, including communication, collaboration, creativity, and innovation, and the critical thinking, including problem solving. So these are usually called four C. There are also、uh, literacy skills,、uh, including information technology and media. And thirdly, there are also life skills,、uh, which include flexibility, leadership. Initiative, productivity, and social skills. So all these together constitute into the twenty-first、uh, skills for students. It's an interesting overview of this sort of global idea that's found in some of these global institutions. So the question is, how did this competence-based education? How did it sort of you know land or come about in China? How would you even begin to define the concept of competence in the Chinese context? Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a it's a good question also. I think、um, because every、uh, foreign idea、uh, come into a local area, there must be some story behind it. Yeah. Yeah. So in China,、uh, the concept of competence is generally formulated、uh, as a Chinese word. Called Suyang as kind of alternative name for competence, but the problem is that this Chinese term is not exactly、uh, the same idea of competence because it means in Chinese 
the level of knowledge and morality, or kind of attitudes even, not exactly about the ability to do something. So from this perspective, there are indeed some translation issues over there.、Um, but interestingly, many、uh, scholars have realized this problem, and we are trying to find a more accurate expression to it now. So, in the idea of Su Yang in China, what sort of isn't included in Su Yang? What competencies aren't in Su Yang? Yeah, because、uh, Su Yang is a Chinese term. It actually、um, cannot be equated with、um, competence. It seems that Ko Su Yang including everything when you look at the definition of this term. It has been beyond the limits of its original meanings, covering so many cultural, self, and societal elements. So the problem is that it does not define what non-Kosuyang are about, which means the Kosuyang list can continue to be enlarged. So this is the problem of this definition again to me. So basically, Kosuyang can mean pretty much anything that's taught in schools and in education. Yeah, yeah. At least nowadays, they they put so many things in in the concept of Suyang. Such as, I mean, you said it's it's about knowledge and morality and attitude, but does it mean more than that?、Um, they actually put many different、uh, things into it, in, including cultural, moral, knowledge, skills, attitudes, values, abilities, all kinds of things in this whole framework. Is there a longer history of competency-based education in China? No, it's not、uh, quite long. It's only、uh, six years. It、uh, was introduced in two thousand fourteen, and it appeared in an official document in Chinese、uh, government. So it's not quite long. And, and what about Su Yang? What's the longer history of Su Yang? Because obviously that existed long before competency-based education. Yeah, the word of Su Yang is actually in. Is not used、um, in the formal education. It was only a Chinese character used in our daily life to describe、uh, some people are good at some areas of knowledge or、uh, skills or their kind of、uh, ability. So it's not、uh, at the very beginning, not used in in education. So in in China, is isn't there an idea about the all-around developed person? Yes, all-round developed person is an idea、uh, in formal education. It is actually have a long history, at least from the 1949, since the establishment of the People's Republic of China, and、uh, it was、uh, actually developed by generations of、uh, communist parties. They try to keep it as a long-standing policy in their educational ideal. And what does it mean, more or less? At the beginning, the all-round person means to. Uh, educating for、uh, the people who is uh, uh, good at their、uh, health and、uh, their intellectual ability and their uh, uh, morality. So we call it three three dimensions of education: morality, intellectual, and physical education. But gradually, it now、uh, has developed into five dimensions.、Uh, there is also called、uh, labor education and aesthetic education. So we have five dimensions. Uh, of education in defining an all-round developed person, and are these different? Are these five dimensions of the all-around developed person? Are they connected in any way to the idea that of Su Yang? Yes, yes,、um, that is exactly the problem. Now I'm trying to clarify in, in my article,、uh, as I have said in the article,、uh, the idea of all-round developed person has been a long-standing educational policy in China 
in 2014, China's Ministry of Education embarked on a new round of、uh, curricular reform based on the government document just published in 2014. In that、uh, document, the concept of key competence was officially mentioned. And exactly in this document, they say that the starting point of a current curricular reform is mainly to realize the educational task of building moral character and cultivating humanity. This is the guiding principle of central government educational policy. But interestingly, in this document, it particularly claims that educating the young to be the all-round person is the central of this reform. Or we can call it is the pivot of this reform. So you can see they put the all-round development person and the competence-based education together. And just two years later, in 2016, the government supports a project which was launched by the Beijing Normal University. They finally produced a framework called General Framework of Key Competence of Students. At stages of basic education and the higher education, so this framework was just issued after two years of the that document. So from from this framework, we can see the idea of all-round developed person was put at the very center of this framework. Right. It's quite interesting to think about that. You know, the all-around developed person has been an idea guiding education in China for many years, many decades. And this new idea of competency-based education sort of appeared more recently, and has dovetailed and merged together with the all-around developed person, which it it now almost sounds like it means everything. Like it it means so many different things between the competency-based education, the all-around developed person, and these notions of suyang in China. Yeah. So I guess you know, with this very, very expansive meaning of the idea of competencies now, what does that actually mean for students and teachers? I mean, it's one thing to be at the policy level, but what does it actually mean for students and teachers? Yeah, it's a good question. When core competencies are transformed into concrete、uh, curriculum. They become disciplinary core competencies in China, or we call that the core competence based on subject. So this is quite special, I think. This this kind of kind of seminal design, I think, in China. When this happen, they become a, a long list of specific tasks、uh, to be performed by teachers. But what does this mean that teachers have very limited space and、uh, opportunities? To conduct their professional、uh, freedom or professional agency, because they have to follow the list to perform their task. So what they need to do is just to follow the list to conduct their teaching without、uh, using their professional judgment. At least they have to finish their teaching objective、uh, that was directed by, for example, by the head head teachers or、mm. the headmasters. So it must be frustrating in a way. For teachers, yeah, quite frustrating for teachers, and of course, there is quite a lot of a heavy burden for them, you know, because a long list of tasks have to be to be done. More things to teach in the same amount of time. Yeah, and they have to follow the specific kind of rules to do that. And also for the students, there is also a problem there because the core competencies are also defined in terms of the predefined learning outcomes. For test based on each subject, 
This means for students, they will have to pay their attention to particular kind of subject competencies. You know, rather than pay attention to something unexpected learning outcome. Right, right. So all of a sudden, the students are studying these particular competencies and this wide ranging amount of competencies because they're going to be tested on it. Yeah, they will be kind of a standard for uh, their learning outcomes. Right, right. And also, this、uh, lacks opportunity to integrate different competencies to solve the problem in students' life. Because they just focused on different subjects, so that's why I mentioned in the article there is kind of a lacking integrate、uh, all these competencies in, into an organic and holistic something like that、uh, for students to resolve their problem in their lives. Yeah, it sort of begins to beg the question about, you know, should this idea of the all-around developed person, which has Had a long history in China. Yeah, should it even be understood using this notion of core competencies? It seems as if the core competencies have, in a sense, reduced the meaning of all-around developed person into particular standardized ideas that can be assessed, and perhaps missing out on other aspects of what it would mean to be an all-around developed person. Yes, it's a good question.、Mm. There is indeed something missing, I think, in terms of、uh, subject core competencies. This has some, something first have something to do with the notion of、uh, all round developed person.、Uh, in my view, the idea of all round developed person always say the whole person、um, should not be understood just using core competency to explain it, particularly by using subject core competencies. Because first of all, the the concept of core competence only stands for, as you can see. From the beginning of a conversation, it stands for a particular kind of a conception of what the whole person means in an age of information or age of internet. I mean, it's kind of particular、uh, historical period of time to meet those needs of the current time, and then we produce these kind of competencies. So it's quite limited to use these competencies to explain what the whole person means. And also from the conceptual level, we can see the idea of a whole person. To me, is an open question and、uh, should be continued to work on. And、uh, it is much more suitable to define the whole person by use by not by using a list of specific competencies. And also from the practical level, you can see to integrate the separate competencies into a holistic uh, and uh, organic whole is extremely important to educate the whole person. But the subject core competence only focus on competence and within a particular subject. So these these are problem there. I think.、Hmm. What are some things missing? The most important thing for me also probably what is missing is that、uh, we can see from a existential sense, which means that、uh, what Biester called、uh, subjectification means that、uh, individual students desire to exist in and with the world in. And grow up way means uh, uh, being a subject, but competence only offers some particular knowledge, competencies, attitudes, or skills, which can all be seen as kind of things to give students in order to make them more competitive, more agentic to perform some kind of jobs or tasks. So this is different from what Biester called the subjectification. What he trying to clarify is that we need to help students or help children 
to be in and with the world in a kind of non-ecological way, which is about our relationship with the world. And this need to focus on the relationship uh, rather than some kind of specific competencies or, or skills. So that is what is missing in my understanding in the whole concept of key competencies. It's such a fascinating story of this idea of competencies coming into China and sort of merging with this longer idea of all-around developed person. And as you have rightly pointed out, there's some serious problems with it, with this long list of specific competencies that should be attained and measured for students or on students. And it sort of misses all these other ideas of, of education and perhaps other ideas that were meant in all-around developed person. And so the question I have is, why would the Chinese government so fully embrace this global idea of core competencies in education policy? The reason why Chinese government uh, adopts this kind of uh, international concept of core competence is that uh, I think it uh, has something to do with the economic competition at a global level. This conception is very related to the uh, human capital and economic competition. So I think the government realized it important to bring this kind of conception as an educational endeavor to improve students' ability uh, to deal with the modern issues they face. And in the meanwhile, to improve their uh, job market ability to find their job and also improve the uh, national economic growth. So all these things that I think has something to do with uh, China's role in the global uh, stage. They don't want to be left behind. Right. They want to be in this kind of competition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and perhaps even be the leader at the global level. I mean, China is you know such a powerhouse in terms of its economic growth and power and support for global capitalism that you would you know you could almost point to China as being the leader in perhaps core competencies globally now in many ways. I mean, it would be an interesting. I guess there's a comparative study to be had. So I guess the final question then is the challenges or some of the critiques that you've raised by doing a close analysis of different policy documents and thinking through the history of core competencies in China and at the global level. Do you imagine that policymakers, Chinese policymakers, will actually address some of the challenges that you raise? Or do you imagine that they're going to continue really supporting and advancing the global idea of key competencies? Yeah, recently, I think many uh, scholars and experts realized uh, some problem or some issues I mentioned in the article. For example, about the, the term used as suyang to stand for competence. They realized it is a problem and began to actually uh, think in different expression to it. This is one thing. And also, they began to integrate different kind of competencies into a more holistic configuration of a curriculum design. That is what they are trying to do now. So more scholars and more educators trying to localize the competence in China. They also refer to the different versions of competence in different countries in order to make it more suitable for Chinese students but in the meanwhile, to draw many good things from other countries to improve it or to make it better suitable for Chinese contacts. So I think this is a good thing for our countries uh, 
the scholars and the teachers. Mm. Yeah. And to me, so educators and the teachers need to maybe ask something unexpected or even the impossible from students rather than simply focusing on a list of predefined competencies for current social needs. I mean, for students, we never know what they will show to us. They need to keep open to bring these things out from the students rather than we just put a lot of competence on them. So that's my, my reflection for what the education beyond the competence look like. Right, right. Probably you want to ask me, what do you mean by education beyond competencies? Yeah. Yeah. If you, you ask me this question, for me, is then have no standard uh, answers. Uh, I would say education beyond competence means to keep what uh, we mean to be human or what do we mean to be a whole person? It's such a fascinating idea, and I think there's a lot of work and research that will go into the idea of education beyond competencies. And I would just like to extend a, a warm welcome back to Fresh Ed anytime you have more research to talk about such an idea. Kang Zhao, thank you so much for joining Fresh Ed. It was really a pleasure to talk today. Thank you very much, Will. I really enjoyed talking with you. Kang Zhao is an associate professor in the College of Education at Zhejiang University. A transcript of today's interview can be found at freshedpodcast.com. Please note that opinions expressed on Fresh Ed are solely those of the host or the guest interviewed, not Fresh Ed, which takes no institutional position. If you've liked what you've heard today, please rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Reviews really do help. Fresh Ed's team includes Sherry Yang, Hong Zong, Lushi Guaba, Fatih Akhtas, and Ing Jung Cho. Original music for Fresh Ed was created by Digital Primate. Fresh Ed is an independently run podcast without advertisements and is made possible by the support of the Open Society Foundations, NORAG, and listeners like you. Please consider donating to Fresh Ed by visiting freshedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Will Brem, and I'll be back next week.